Hello everybody, you are listening to... Welcome... Yeah, hold on, let me do it again. Three, two... Hello everybody for another episode of Atomic Shot! I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Ziggy, and joining me is Chief Godzillaologist Tyler. Tyler, welcome back, man. Rangers, Godzilla is attacking Angel Grove. Summon the Megazord and bring me some fish flakes. I am ahead in a tube and I am hungry. <laughs> the fuck's the power Jen Jaguars are in this movie. What the fuck? No, no it's because uh, Brian Cranston is in this movie and he was oh, on in the Power Rangers film. That ha- did that happen afterwards? Right? He didn't. He was. He was. Yeah, uh, that was uh, after. Sort of, ah. Yeah, yeah. We should do that movie. We should do that movie at some point. Uh, anyways, we're not here about Brian Cranston, although we will be talking about him. We- it's finally here. We're finally here. The MonsterVerse. The uh, the much blind. Monsterverse uh, all started God in 2014. Um, so before we break it down, I need to, we need to establish things because we kind of went uh, out of the way of doing it out of order this time. Where we do, uh, normally we would have done uh, uh, Final Wars and then we would have done the Monsterverse and then you know this and that. But I wanted to do things differently. So Tyler, uh, I want to ask you kind of this because this is this movie Godzilla was dormant for the most part. No, he was dormant for 10 years prior to this movie's release. Where was the first time you heard rumblings of another American Godzilla movie? Um, I do recall some uh, trailers here and there. And uh, my brother and I did see this movie when it was in theaters. And uh, we thought it was pretty good. Uh, I haven't seen it since, so uh, this is going to be a bit of an enlightening experience. Right. Uh, I remember like hearing rumblings on the internet. Oh, they're making an American. I'm like, ugh. And after, after you know, the, you, in, whenever you hear American Godzilla, you're instantly drawn back to Matthew Broderick's. That's a lot of fish. Um, but I remember when I fir- saw the first trailer, uh, and just like the the in one word I can sense is destruction. Because goddamn, we'll talk about it. But uh, they love. They definitely make everything big in this movie. And just being super hyped for it. And I remember the the poster. Uh, I can still remember the poster of this movie. It's Godzilla. You don't see his his face. It's all his back in the foreground. And you have the uh, the paratroopers coming from about coming down. And you just have Godzilla with the con- I think it's Kanji right with his name. Yeah. Godzilla on it. Um. And it was just like oh my god. And I actually took my grandma and my aunt to see this movie in two thousand four two thousand fourteen. Um. They both, funny enough, they both saw the original Gojira. So there's that. Yeah, that works. Uh, so it's kind of, kind of cool. This kind of cool, like bring it all together. So let's let's break it down before we sort of uh, get into things. This is again, this is the first Godzilla movie in ten years. Um, apparently, the film was originally announced in March of 2010, um, and uh, and then uh, Edwards, uh, the director. Um, Oh God! Where is what's what's his first name? Gareth Edwards. Jesus Christ! Gareth Edwards was uh, attached in 2011. I think he directed Rogue One after this one. Yeah. Okay, so that's where everybody would know him. So this is this is sort of like his big ticket to fame. So let's break it down. This is directed by Gareth Edwards, <laughs> produced by Thomas Toll, John Jashney, Mary Parent, and Brian Rogers. With a screenplay by Max Borenstein. Uh, isn't that Lois from Family Guy? Um, That's Alex Borstein. Uh, Alex Borstein, okay. Uh, story by David Callahan, based on, of course, based on Godzilla by Toho. Starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, Ken Watanabe, 
uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Julia Binocci, Sally Hawkins, David Stratham, and of course Brian Cranston with music by Alex- Alexandre Desplat. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that name wrong. Uh, cinematography by Seamus McGarvey. Uh, this was release date uh, in on May, officially worldwide in May 18, May 8, 2004, 2014. Uh, with a runtime of 120 minutes, a budget of 160 million dollars, with a box office of 529 million dollars. This movie crushed. Um, so let's get into it. This is Godzilla 2014. This is the first Godzilla movie. In a decade, let alone it's an American Godzilla production. Let's break down the story, shall we? So we kind of open up, uh, like very, very respectfully in the Godzilla wake, where we see, uh, um, in, like we kind of get like sepia tone filters of, of like of, of ancient of military footage, and we see hints of Godzilla. We never see him. We kind of just see his dorsal fins, but we see like the Bikini Atoll incident. We see other things, and we see that the U.S. military or our coalition, rather, we not, it's not really confirmed if it's the U.S. or not, are trying to kill this thing, uh, whatever it is. And we actually, actually, I, I really love this touch on one of the bombs. It has Godzilla on it, and then like a like a no sign. Um, on it, like go through it, like anti-Godzilla bomb. That's cute. Uh, in fact, one of the best shots in the movie is you can. It's like, and this is kind of a theme with this movie is you can see Godzilla rise from the water as the bomb goes off, and then it cuts away. Um, we then fast forward to uh, in like I want to say this is like what the nineties, nineteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. So dawn of the millennium, uh, right before the millennium turn happens, two years before, and we're joined by Brian Cranston and his loving wife who I don't remember her name because unfortunately she's of inconsequence in this thing uh, as he's kind of like hearing tr- rumors of tremors and like what's going on he works at a radioactive plant so obviously earthquakes are not great and of course only at the time of this movie's release only four years ago did they had the uh, I think it was Fukushima earthquake that uh, that, 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 that that power plant uh, a nuclear power plant went out of commission because of that earthquake so it's it's a, it's a scary thing um and so pretty much, uh, actually, and then simultaneously, we're then cut to, I think it's the Philippines, right, Tyler? Yes, the um, Philippines. Where we're joined by possibly the actor with the greatest line in this movie, but we'll get to that later. Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins as they're on a on a supposed dig site. And you already, just from this shot alone of, as you see, like the workers, they want to tell you this is a big movie. This is, everything's kind of like huge. And uh, they they kind of go into this 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 cave, and we see the remains of of a giant ass monster. And Sally Hawkins kind of hints at that is it him? They never say his name, but they they kind of allude to that. They're talking about Godzilla, and of course Watanabe says no, it's much older, which that'll play into my theory for something later. Ooh. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and then we see that uh, parasite. We see sort of like a dormant, like weird alien thing, kind of hanging around. So already establishing that they're not afraid to go big, uh, sci- like goofy sci-fi with this. Um, but then we also see that there was two of them, and it got away. It, it seemingly crawled away. We don't really see how this creature, whatever it is, crawls away. Uh, but it's apparently under the ocean, and it's it's the reason for these tremors. Uh, but Brian Cranston doesn't know that, and so a a, a basically an earthquake starts happening around uh, around it, and it causes the power plant to the nuclear power plant to go basically a wall a gas leak 
uh, happens uh, while Brian Cranston's wife is underneath. I guess they were checking for leaks, and so obviously that's deadly gas. And of course, even with their hazmat suits on, that ain't gonna help them. Um, meanwhile, they're trying to basically. He's trying to basically beg, like, to hold on, like, hold on, my wife's coming, my wife's coming. And just as he, he, he sees the cloud, uh, after he sees the cloud coming to the door, because obviously if that cloud gets out, millions, millions more people will die. And his wife is there, right at the door, has to say goodbye. Uh, and so we fast forward 15 years later, um, and uh, and it and we I think it's what we're, we sh- we're with Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is the who is Brian Cranston's son in adult form, correct? Yes. Um, uh, we were with him. Um, he's coming home finally uh, to spend time with his wife Elizabeth Olsen. Fun fact about this though: uh, Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson are husband and wife in this movie. The next year they would be in a movie together, which is Age of Ultron, their brother and sister. So it's it's a little it's that's pretty a little funny. Weird. Yeah, it's like holy shit. Um, so, uh, yeah, they have a loving wife, uh, he has a loving wife, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, loving, and they have a kid, and, um, uh, but he gets a phone call from Japan, uh, or from the Japanese, from the consulate, I guess it's a U.S. consulate, um, that, hey, your dad's been kind of arrested, so you, you gotta come here. So he's gotta go all the way to Japan, and we kinda get a hint that, uh, what's this, what's this guy's name? Um, I don't, uh, do you have the cast name with you? Because I do not. Um, um, I have some character. Look it up. I have some uh, uh, character names here. Uh, I know Brian's Brian Cranston's uh, character is named Joe. Yeah. All right. I'll ha- I have the cast up here real quick. Okay. So we know he, he then reluctantly goes to Japan because obviously he's a military man. Uh, he I think they established that he's a he's a he works in bombs, which comes defusing bombs, like uh, stopping bombs. Yeah, he's um, bomb disposal. Bomb disposal. So he's he's pretty good. Uh, so he he's used to traveling. He doesn't want to be away from his family, and we kind of already get a sense that uh, he is um, uh, he does not want to he does not want to leave his family. But also, he seems to have a strange, a strange relationship with his father. He goes to meet his father in 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 Japan, and we kind of learn that uh, Joe uh, Brian Cranston, uh, Brian Cranston's character, kind of went nuts after it because he's basically believe he's basically gone full conspiracy theorist at least at this point. Where he believes that it wasn't an earthquake, it wasn't a tremor, um, and he needs the data at his house, which is in a quarantine zone. Because obviously, if you have a, a, a nuclear reactor fall apart, that's going to become a quarantine zone, right? Um, and I'm, just, I'm, so far? I'm just imagining uh, that one scene in, uh, in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie's explaining his crackpot theory about Pepe Sylvia. But it's just a picture of Godzilla on the wall. Yes, yes. That's, I mean, that's. I mean, if you look at it, he has clip. Like, it's really great. He has clippings of like dinosaurs and stuff like that. It's really great stuff. Like, it, it, they really go out of the way to establish that he's been obsessed with this. By the way, fifteen years has passed uh, since um, uh, since the incident at the uh, at the radioactive station. Okay, off. Uh, uh, let's see, Joe Brody, Joe Brody. Wow, and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character is named Ford. So, um. We then he then basically say he, he convinced like he basically is like adamant like he's like stir basically crazy like I know I'm right believe me I'm not crazy I don't want your mom to die in vain and of course Brody's like dad just give it up like it's over it's been 15 years you got to move on right and and that's probably the healthier thing to do little do we know he reluctantly uh, uh, little do we know we'll, we'll find out that uh, uh, Joe is very very much right 
They go to the quarantine zone, which I won't lie, this came out like six, like nine months after The Last of Us. I couldn't help but think, whoa, last Yeah, I thought the time. exact same thing. Like, it looks like the yeah, exact but, dilapidated uh, cityscape in that game. But then I realized, like, that's just what the fucking world would look like everywhere, regardless, before, even before Last of Us came out. So, like, I got... I, I, I was like, I did the Persona thing. Like, wow, Last of Us. I'm like, no, it's not. Shut up. That was... <laughs> we had derelict buildings covered in grass before, dumbass. Um... But uh, as they're kind of trudging along in hazmat suits, because obviously it's a quarantine zone, we see three dogs run by and wait, wait, hold on. What the fuck? Uh, Brian Cranston kind of puts two and two together. Brody seemingly doesn't. He's just kind of like, what are, come on, lads, we got to get moving. And like not even questioning the fact that the dogs are there. Um, they don't even look mutated. And bro, uh, uh, Joe takes off his mask and he's like, it's clean. So basically, the government's been lying this entire time that this is a radioactive zone because it's not. He actually uses his meat, his uh, radio radioactive meter, and there's like there's no radiation. So they go to the house, and did you spot the Easter egg in this one? In this yes, house, I did. Tyler? I even spotted so, yeah, it uh, when I was a newbie in theaters. Uh, there is a little uh, Mothra larva in the case uh, that says Mothra. Yeah. yeah, it says Joe's Mothra. So like, hmm, was Joe studying? Did Joe find something? <clears throat> Does he know about about Infant Island? He, I mean, it's possible. We don't really get enough time with him. Spoiler. So, uh, unfortunately, shortly after Joe and Brody are then captured by what we found out find out is to be the organization known as Monarch. We'll learn about Monarch much more in the next two movies. Uh, they don't really go too much into detail here, other than that they hunt monsters. Um, as they're kind of being interrogated, Brian Cranston has the most amazing scene ever. Where he's like yelling and getting angry about like I I deserve to know if you saw the trailer for it that's one of the things you remember um, kind of at like he's like he knows something caused that tremor he knows it's not natural it's not whatever it is you're hiding it and you it's gonna happen again based on his readings uh, and then we see that that uh, that alien creature that alien looking it's not alien uh, is they've they kind of. Ha- captured it inside the uh the the oh god i keep, i keep thinking I keep, the tunnel thing i can't remember what it's i don't know exactly the, the, the funnel of the radioactive um uh control center and it's kind of basically coming alive and so uh this is where we meet more of ken watanabe and sally hawkins and they're sort of like you're they're kind of they're in this movie they're your scientists you're you they're in the scientist role and a nice note that Ken Watanabe's character is named after is is Dr. Ishiro uh, Serizawa, named after both the director Ishiro Honda and of course the famous first director who sacrificed his life in the in Gojira Serizawa. So I thought that I thought that was like a nice touch. Yeah, nice callbacks. Yeah, exactly. So Dr. Z- so we do have confirmed we do have a Dr. Serizawa in this movie, and he is um, a fucking Chad. Yes, he is. Um, and, uh, and basically everything goes haywire, uh, and this monster wakes up and it's this weird roach-like, insect-like, unlike we, it's a whole new monster created for this universe. Nothing, it's never been appeared in anything before. It has like these hook, it kind of, it's like legs kind of like curving, like, like an insect would. It's huge. That's the number one thing about this movie that you'll notice is that they, they did everything in their possible way to make you, the audience, feel small and to make everything, especially the monsters, feel fucking huge. Yeah, they especially do, like, uh, with cool... here in a theater. 
Oh my god. Yeah, that's the one thing that rewatching this movie is kind of hard. Is like you don't unless you have a big ass TV, it's kind of hard to recapture that that magic of that first viewing. Uh, it, it, it's still a good movie, but like, there's some. I remember like being like, "Holy shit!" When I I saw this, uh, I made sure when we did go see it, it was it was the biggest theater screen possible. It wasn't showing in IMAX at the time, at least at the theater we went to, or I or I couldn't afford it. I can't remember on this time. It was almost like eight years ago at this point. God, it's been that long. Yeah, right. Um, so it escapes, and uh, we learn um that it's basically going. It's hunting for nuclear radiation. We can't find it. And we learned it has a designation. It is called MUTO. Tyler, what does MUTO stand for? Because it's an acronym because the government loves their acronyms. You know, I totally forgot to write the acronym down when I was taking my notes. So, I know uh, it's like multi or something organism or something. Looking it up right now. MUT. I got okay. it. Massive Unidentified got Terrestrial Organism. Although the uh, the 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 admiral is quick to say it's not terrestrial anymore because this this bitch can fly, uh, it flies away. That's how and when they can't track it. Um, so then then basically uh, Brody, uh, unfortunately during that attack, uh, Joe is severely injured, um, and he is pretty much getting flown to the mainland and on their way uh, along with Doctor Sarazawa and and Sally Hawkins' character, who I should probably address her as her character dr graham um they are both um along with the ride and unfortunately joe dies i think i i think this is the biggest criticism of the movie tyler is that brian cranston is probably the best actor in this movie but he he goes away way too shortly yeah you think that he would stick around for a bit longer but no he dies in like the first act is and like I, like as much as I like Ken Watanabe's character, I would have loved that they would have bounced ideas off each other or something. Like he could have been um, what's the, what's the actor's name uh, um, in the Gojira movie for the American version? Ah, oh, um, shit, it's been so long, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I, I know he's named after a famous actor in the real movie, or not named after, but his name is similar rather. Um, but he could have been he could have been that. I know Raymond Burr is the, is, the, is his name. Um, but I can't remember his, the character, the, the character he plays. Steve, but he could have uh, been. It was Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah, he could have been Steve Martin for this, where he kind of gives, like, good commentary. But unfortunately, no, Brian Cranston is killed off. The best character, second, uh, the best character in the movie is pretty much killed off. But I want to say, well, is it about 30 minutes in? Maybe 40 minutes? Um, I, I remember people being mad. Uh, they were saying he's died. Oh, he's died so shortly. I'm like. Okay, yeah, he, it's upsetting that he died so early, but let's not talk... Like, I remember, people, I remember people talking about it as if he died, like, ten minutes in. I'm like, dog, you you were with him for enough time. Like, I, he shouldn't have died at all, but, you know, it is what it is. They gotta put stakes in there somehow. Yeah, sure. Um, so then we learn uh, uh, Brody is officially let in on the existence of... Kojira. Um, sorry, I have to whisper that. Uh, and we, oh my, this is, this is the scene where I knew they knew what they were doing. Obviously, because you don't, unfortunately you don't get a lot of Godzilla in, in this movie. But we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll debate that towards the end. Um, and we learned that, that Monarch is basically been used to, to hunt him, to find him, which is Gojira. Or, uh, I think Dr. Zarazawa, he calls him Gojira, but the subtitles say Godzilla. And my, and then everybody else just says Godzilla. Am I correct? Um, so. in the subtitles, uh, I, uh, when Sarazawa says, uh, Gojira, it reads Gojira, but when okay, everyone so else says calls... Godzilla, it's Godzilla. Yeah, okay, so he calls him Gojira, and so it's, it's, it's cool, but, but basically we, like, 
the way I love the way Sarazawa references, like the way he talks about Godzilla, like he he is to restore balance. Uh, he is that's what's why he's here. Uh, he is an alpha. Like the like, just go watch that scene where he's telling Brody about Godzilla. Like the reverence in the writing and the acting is there that they know what this monster is and what he means, and I think that's so cool. Yeah, I think this is a nice counterbalance to uh, what Godzilla represents. Uh... Because uh, he was uh, known as uh, both the Destroyer and the Hero back in the show era, and they kind of uh, counterbalanced that in some of the other movies. But I think this is a good yeah. balance. Yeah, he's yeah. Godzilla in this is not a force of destruction, like a symbol of a symbol of destruction. He is pretty much a symbol of balance. Like he only comes up. He doesn't really do it to protect humanity, but rather it's like if if, an, if a monster is getting out of hand. Oh, okay, hold on, buddy. I gotta step in now. I gotta come in now. You're you're going over the line. Um, this is not the way. I'm gonna beat your ass. So, yeah, exactly. Godzilla is pretty much tracking the Mudo, and then Birdie is sent to Hawaii, um, and uh, and literally we learned that the Muto that flew away is on Hawaii. He basically grab. We learned that a Russian sub is missing, and that Muto is eating that Russian sub uh, or it's, it's nukes rather on on Hawaii. I think it's the big one, Honolulu too. Um, and God, very very terrifying jungle sequence. Um, and so everything, it goes haywire because it, it leaves the EMP blast, so that causes everything to go haywire. So, you have that going on. Meanwhile, you kind of cut to, uh, by the way, there's a scene that, that, like, I, I, I couldn't remember how accurately when I first, when I watched this movie, where you can see helicopters coming in over Hawaii, and I'm like, are the people not gonna react to people, black helicopters, and, like, people in, like, army gear coming on the hotels and like no they're reacting all right they're just confused um you know because like they're not there's nothing he says that the, they're the united states military or anything like that so i like that's terrifying or maybe um, someone's but, playing uh, persona again yes <laughs> yes um so but meanwhile uh while the focus kind of goes over there uh the, this little girl kind of looks out towards the ocean and you can see that the water's receding in now if you don't know this when water recedes in, that means there's a there's a wave coming. That's like that's like your bear, that's like your big uh, warning sign. So um, as it's coming in, the, uh, as it like then the water rushes back in there. So what's coming? Something's coming. Um, do we? I don't think we. I don't think we see Godzilla before this moment, right? Maybe we see his no. Fangs. We we don't get a good look at him, but this is a pretty. This scene here is the first time we actually see him. Right, so like very amazing shot. So like you're constantly like looking at the water, and then all of a sudden you just you just see this huge, and when I mean huge, I mean huge torso, and like the government is shooting at him, but you never see his face. But it's the the way they depict scale in this movie is so awesome. Oh yeah. But then it, then you quickly turn and God and God, it's Godzilla. Godzilla is behind the building, so you only see the tail go away. And then we cut to the airport um, where uh, Brody is uh, an a-, a little Asian boy um, is uh, uh, unfortunately did not get off the tram to meet his parents. So he's trying to basically escort him back. The Mudo attacks. Uh, Brody's trying to keep this little kid alive. And so then that happens and we cut away to the Mudo. Like the Mudo is kind of like fucking shit up. And we cut away to the in shot of a hangar. And this is possibly my favorite scene in the movie, Tyler. I don't know about you. Um, and go ahead. Nah, I, I was agreeing with you there. So, and like the people were like, ah, ah, and all of a sudden the camera just kind of pulls back a little bit more 
And you see this huge ass foot. Like, what the fuck? And then it just hears, boom. And then what I love about that moment is that the crowd, like, they, you can hear all the people screaming. But the second he puts his foot down, it's like, shh, it's like, shh, it goes quiet. And then we, and then you hear the the mythical chanting, which is the, pretty much the theme of Godzilla for this movie. And then it pans up, pans up, pans up, pans up, and then it's him in very much new redesign, but very much looks like Godzilla. And we get his roar for the first time, and it's a very much a new roar. But one of the things I love is his. I guess the reverb is his like is a callback to like his older stuff. So it's you know like. It's like a, it's like, how would you describe the initial roar, Tyler? Um, I feel like that it's a, it has a sort of a divine vibe. Like they describe Godzilla yeah. as like a literal god in this movie. So it would make sense that it would be a sound that mortals like us can't uh, possibly comprehend or understand. Right. It's like, and then like, when he stopped, when he stops that part, then you hear the, Mm-hmm. That that typical like you know what he would do in the in the sh- in the show in the in the old in the Japanese movies, which I love that. That's such a nice touch, um, you know. Um, so you, you're not gonna get like classic Godzilla roar at least in this movie. In the next movie you do. So unfortunately, and we get a fight, but you only see it from the perspective of a kid watching it on the news. Uh, meanwhile, we learn that another Muto is out there. The the, the same Muto that we thought was dormant at the beginning of the movie, is alive. And where did those idiots put it? They put it in where the United States puts its nuclear waste. Um, and so then you see an excellent shot of it basically exiting from the side of a mountain and just running a rough shot through Las Vegas. And it's even bigger than the other Mudo. So now we have two monsters versus Godzilla. It's a two-on-one fight, Tyler. Uh, and uh, I would say two and a half because... Uh... This other Muto is pregnant. That's show, oh, yeah, his babies, and there's there's shots where we get shots of it where it looks like it has a nutsack. <laughs> pregnancy. Um so but we learn that basically the Mudos are in trajectory to San Francisco, and Godzilla is basically following the Mudos. So the military devises a plan to uh, since it wipes out EMPs to deliver a uh, a analog time time bomb that'll take out the Mudos and Godzilla because of course they want to kill Godzilla, even though he hasn't done anything at this point. Um, uh, and, they do uh, explain that they do explain that uh, if he uh, that uh, if Godzilla is let amok, then uh, his radioactivity could spread around the world. So right, that's probably exactly. why. So that is probably why. I just I just leave Godzilla alone. He hasn't done anything. Because one of the good things about the craziest thing about this movie, and this leads to the next part, we cut to San Francisco. They, uh, uh, the Muto, oh god, the like people are trying to get out of the city. There's a point where a bus just tries to get out, um, and, and it can't. And all of a sudden, uh, you see we look out, and the 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 some of the the seamen can see something coming, and you see Godzilla's fins. But Godzilla kind of just stops. He's like, "Y'all gonna move? All right, are y'all gonna are y'all gonna move? No, all right, I'm gonna go under you." He does. At no point in this movie does Godzilla attack the United States military or any kind of like force or and he doesn't kill humans. He straight up just like like goes under and then one of them starts panicking because they're being topsided a little bit. I'm like, oh god, freak out, freak out, freak out, because of course, fucking United States military's got to be trigger fucking happy. Yeah, right. Um, 
And uh, that leads into uh, the Mudo. Oh my god, I love the, this scene with the Mudo. Where all at first, all you see is planes fly out, flop out of the sky because it's basically picking them off. And then you see it dive into the water. Oh, it's so good. <sighs> okay, so we're here. The Godzilla, Godzilla and the Mudo are here. Just to wrap this up, big fight. While simultaneously, the, this group of United States military men having dropped from like, what was it, 20? It's like from the stratosphere, I think, right? Yeah. Um, from the stratosphere because they can't enter it. Oh, it's, it's probably one of the more amazing shots in the movie as they jump down and Brody is literally flying right by Godzilla. Like, holy shit. It's amazing he doesn't... Well, okay. Uh, but... Um, it's a it's a simultaneous battle between it's a it's a battle between Godzilla and the Mudos and then the race of time race of time to get the bomb. Unfortunately, the bomb is on a timer, so they have to it's it's based they have to get it out to the bay, otherwise it's gonna basically make um, San Francisco a nuclear ghost town. Uh, it's a race to that. Uh, somehow, Brody does it uh, with the help of Godzilla, and he's rescued. And uh, like I said, we'll talk about the fight in a minute. I'm going over I'm skipping over the fight because we'll talk about that in detail. Okay. Um, and then Brody is reunited with his wife and kid. Godzilla is seemingly defeat, is seemingly dead after the fight, or at least tired. But then he gets up, and like people are like cheering him. Um, and Godzilla gives one final roar, and he dies back into the sea where he we won't see him for another five years. And that is Godzilla twenty fourteen. Okay. Um, let's talk about the characters first. Okay. Uh. So arguably the two the two best characters in this are both Brian Cranston and Ken Watanabe's character. Yes, am I correct? That is correct. So unfortunately with Ken Watanabe's character, I feel like while at points he's good, I feel like other points when he's kind of just like staring there, he kind of has this look of awe in his face constantly because he knows what he's facing. Yeah, like uh, he knows uh, the gravity of. Uh... The, of the radioactive monsters that uh, they're facing against. And uh, everyone else is just so trigger-happy with their nukes, and he's just like, no, nah, don't do that, bro. You're just going to piss off Godzilla. Let Godzilla handle this, bro. Yeah, and I won't lie. Uh, so, like, they're, <laughs> this is the best fucking... Whoever whoever came up with this line is a fucking genius. It's so simple. Um, there's a moment where they're kind of... The, the, the Admiral is talking with Dr. Serizawa about, like, what should we do? What's our plan? And... Sarazawa has like the most beautiful plan that Satis that every Godzilla fan wants to hear. He says those fucking words, those three words. Let them fight. Um, Let them fight. It's 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 so it's like and I because I wasn't sure right because like, we didn't get a fight scene in the first Godzilla movie, but hearing those words, I went, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, it's it's such good line delivery. It, yeah, like, like it, it, it feels even when we saw it in theaters in 2014. Uh, as soon as he delivered that line, uh, everyone in the theater fucking cheered. It was great. Yeah, let them let them fight. It's in the like. It's so great, and it's like like if there's one thing you remember from the from this movie that's not the Godzilla section, it's that line, and it's so well executed. It's so simple, but it it, it establishes everything so fucking well. Let them fight. It's so <laughs> that's good. So great. Um, unfortunately, the other characters are not. Uh, great, but considering you and I have had experience on what bad Godzilla acting is like, I don't think they're that terrible. With like when when we when we've watched what we've watched over the past like thirty odd weeks, honestly. Oh yeah, uh, there's been a hell of a lot worse performances that we've seen on the show so far. 
like I I think Brian Cranston gives a much more motivated performance, but like Aaron Taylor Johnson, he just sounds so bored in most of his scenes, honestly. Like he seems confused on uh, where he is most of the time. Like he doesn't even want to be there. He just wants to be with his wife and kid. He doesn't want to be wrapped up in this giant monster bullshit. I wasn't supposed to even be here today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god, he, yeah, he's he's um, Randall from from Clerks. No, it's Dante. Um, oh, Dante, sorry. Randall's the white guy. Uh, or they're both white guys. Randall's the blonde guy, that's right. Um, I, I confuse their names all the time. Why is his name Dante? What the fuck, dude? Nobody, shut up. Anyways, this is not a Clerks episode. Um, but, like, he's just, once Brian Cranston dies and it's just him, because I think him and Brian Cranston have a good, like, chemistry together, where it's, like, the estranged father and the dad trying to basically make things better. I think that's fine, but once he's on his own, he's just he's just a milksop. Yeah, he, it's like a lost puppy trying to find his way home. Yeah, I mean, like, I can sympathize with him. Like, okay, the story is about a man who wants to get his way home, but he doesn't do anything else besides that. It, like, it's it's surface level at best. Yeah. And unfortunately for Elizabeth Olsen, she's pretty much just there to be his wife. And that sucks, because having seen WandaVision, no spoilers, I promise, she's an amazing actress. She's 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 great. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, she's kind of just there to be the warring wife. And that's that's really unfortunate. She doesn't do any other purpose other than to, like, are you, are you okay? Are you worried? I care about her son. Which is fine. You know, it's not the worst God, role gods that they had, but it's like... Yeah, when people complain about this movie, it's definitely the human characters, for sure. Oh, yeah. And that's definitely going to be a running theme in the MonsterVerse, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, but at least I think it gets somewhat more interesting in the next movie, at least. in terms, of, At least it's more entertaining. But yeah, unfortunately, outside of Dr. Sarazawa, who's not in every scene, uh, the main characters are just not... They just, they just don't hold water once Brian Cranston dies. Yeah, they're just kind of there to be there, just to get the plot moving. Exactly. So um, let's let's talk about the Godzilla redesign and the Mutos. Do you want to talk about the Mutos first or the Godzilla, or Godzilla redesign? First? Uh, we should probably talk about the Mutos first. All right, let's talk about the Mutos. How do you feel about the Mutos in this movie? Considering I will, I'll, I'll tell you this: when I first saw a teaser trailer for this movie or a TV spot, um, remember those kids when you had cable? Um, uh, they still do those, but I don't have cable, so I don't know what they look like anymore. Uh, there's a they they, they use that scene where the where the Moto dives into the water, they use that scene, but they don't show the water parts. Like, oh my god, is Rodan in this movie? I so thought Rodan was was the was the villain in this movie. He's not. Um, but how do you feel about the Mutos and him going with an original monster? Um, I think the Mutos are uh, pretty cool. Uh, as far as a uh, primordial uh, uh, dual species goes, uh, it's one of the more uh, interesting new monsters I've seen in a while. Yeah, I'll give credit to them. Um, and you will see this, especially with Kong Skull Island and even uh, even in, the, in King of the Monsters. They do a great job of making their own monsters. Um, obviously, we're, we love to see our classic monsters realized in CGI. But considering maybe they want to establish their own way of doing things in this universe, I think the Mudos have a really good icon. Like, maybe not as an iconic, but a very good identifiable shape. I like their how... Their, how their heads are angular. They kind of look alien a little bit, but they're not alien. I like how massive the the female is compared to the male. Um, you know, especially when there's a shot of them, like, together, and he's the male is feeding the female uh, nuclear waste. 
Um, and you can just see how it towers over him, but also really cool how the male can fucking fly. Um, I think they're solid designs, and they look scary as hell. Oh, yeah. They definitely have a menace to them. Yeah, and especially their, like, roar. It's like, it's like, a, it's like, um, oh, it's, to me it sounds like a belt hitting something, like a belt, like, going like this, like, tightening. It sounds like, like, like you're strangling something, uh, as I do a horrible impersonation of the Mudo, <laughs> Mudo roar. So... Let's talk about Godzilla himself. Um, obviously, we know what not Godzilla should look like based on the 1988 film. How did you feel about this redesign? I feel like this is a really good redesign, honestly. Uh, it's definitely uh, newer than uh, what we've seen in uh, the Japanese films, but it still remains uh, faithful to his original design. And uh, that's the hallmark of uh, a good, long-lasting design, as we've mentioned many times before. Right, they didn't fuck. I think the spines are a little bit different, but like they still look like Godzilla's spines, and they don't look like the shit that was in the '98 movie. Like he's, I like that they. One of the biggest things that we, having seen these movies, one thing we can never really tell is scale because it's it's basically you know rubber suits fighting each other. But I love that they made him big, like not just tall, but like Godzilla has always been a thick boy. But I love that they made him the thickest boy in the at least at the time before the Netflix movies. I like that they made him the thickest boy in this movie. He's a thick with three C's instead of two. Yes, exactly. He's the king of thick. Um, and like I, I honestly like how slow moving he is, and like how like there's an like okay, maybe this is going a little too far. There's an aura around this Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, unlike a lot of like unlike a lot of other movies, there's there and. I think that translates to the rest of the film. Like, there's a reverence for this character, for this monster who's been around for 50 plus, nearly 60 plus years at this point. Yeah, 60 years at that point, because uh, it was, uh, the original film was 1954, this came out 2014, so this would come out in the 60th anniversary. Wow, talk about timing. So yeah, I I mean, like, this, I'm not, uh, the face is always a little weird, because I'm always used to, like, it's a little more reptilian because it's a little bit more out there. But I think it works, honestly. And, and I, I think, honestly, they did a damn good job of putting their own spin on it, but remaining faithful to, like, okay, what do fans like about Godzilla? And I, they nailed it. Um, they yeah. do change it uh, They do change it a bit in the second movie, um, but we'll get to that in a moment. And we'll actually, I'll explain why why they did that, but we'll get to that when we get, when we get to King of the Monsters in two weeks. Um... So let's talk about sort of the big curmudgeon in this movie before we get to the fight. Godzilla's relatively lack of screen time. Because uh, that's a big tension point for this movie on whether you like it or not. How do you feel about that, Tyler? Um, I feel like uh, it's a bit warranted, really. Like, uh, as I mentioned before, they uh, go out of the way to say that uh, Godzilla is pretty much a deity. So uh, having him as little screen time as he has... Uh, really builds up the hype to the, to, uh, to the final scene where he actually does show up and do his Godzilla thing. Right. Like, like that's what I, like, and I know, like, the biggest tension, I remember people bitching about it on Twitter. I'm like, you don't even see him! I'm like, obviously you pay a Godzilla movie to go see you. Uh, I think the total runtime is 10 minutes of total screen time for Godzilla. Listen. Listen. You... <laughs> Uh, I think I think I saw on record he's made of like two hundred and fifty thousand like polygons or something like that. He it's it's a lot of CGI and that shit ain't cheap, okay? Um, so like and 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 there's a lot of detail to the big guy. 
I like the slow approach. I like the fact that you only saw, like, especially in the Hawaii scene when you first really see him for the first time, you only saw like the side of his, like the side of his torso or his tail. Or, like I said, the best scene in this fucking movie is the airport scene where he steps his foot down and you pan up with the chanting and you see him in his full glory. It's the best shot in this. It's the best sequence in this movie. Yeah, totally. Like, it's it's like you're looking, you are, it's basically to tell the honest, you are looking at the face of God. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, it's so great. Um, and, he, and like, it, it honestly, when he is on, when he is on screen doing his Godzilla thing, fighting the Mutos, it makes it feel bigger and more like, oh shit, versus like, not saying we would have been bored if it was the other way. I think we would have enjoyed it if we saw more Muto versus Godzilla action. But I think I enjoyed it more. And I think especially that we've seen every single Toho movie at this point. I like this difference where we're not seeing Godzilla from like start to finish. Just, in that the way he's the way he's presented. It feels more special that way, you know. Exactly. Exactly. They they knew what they were doing. It was it was. I don't think it would like. I know some people have said it was a budgetary thing. That may have been true. I honestly think they saw that and like, well, how do we make how do we make his limited appearance as special as possible? We'll do it this way, and it worked totally. Now, if you don't want, if you like, listen, if you want to see more Godzilla, there's like like twenty plus films that you can go watch for Godzilla if you want to see him constantly. You can even see him do. A uh, like fly in the air with his atomic breath. If you want to go see it that much, or doing flying drop kicks, or uh, uh, playing with the sun. Exactly. There's this. There's a Godzilla movie for everybody. So let's talk about the fight before we wrap it up. Um, how did you feel about the fight? Considering it's not that long. Um, I feel like it works on a narrative standpoint. And uh, as I said before, uh, this was something that they've been building up uh, the entire movie for, and it and it definitely uh, delivers on the hype. If oh my god! Sense. Yeah, no, it's so great. It's it's slow. I like how slow. I like how honest I saw moving. The other best part of the movie is when Brody gets out of the nest uh, of the of the Muto nest after after like it's shortly after that, and then you um see God you see this huge puff of smoke, and then you see Godzilla's tail as he's turning around, and then the and then the and then the, uh, the smoke parts from Godzilla. And and then you hear him basically do the loudest roar ever in the movie. He does the movie basically calling out the Mudos um, to fight. Like I I like how they handle. It. I think my only complaint with it is that it's way too dark. Yeah, it's hard to see. Um, apparently though, they just released this movie, and I, unfortunately Todd and I did not watch this version because I don't have a 4K TV. They just released this movie in 4K, and apparently it's fixed. It's a lot brighter in that version. Oh man, so wish I had that version. Yeah, so if you have, if your one of your criticisms was it's too dark, if you have a 4K TV that can play, um, I think Blu-ray players just can play 4K. It's just a matter of your TV handling it, I think, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so if you have that, it's fixed. Um, so the, the the maybe just buy it again because you know you want to. Anyways, I, if I ever get a 4K TV, you're damn right I'm buying it again. Um, so yeah, I think it's short. I think it's sweet, but I love. I, I mean. I think I'm more in awe of the spectacle because we've never seen destruction like that on that big of scale. I think that's what ma- amazes me the most. Yeah, uh, this is pretty much destruction porn at this point. Yeah, it's crashing into buildings. My favorite part is when um, 
I think one of the Mudos is like sees Brody, and then from the corner of Brody's eye, you can see a hint of blue. And I went, I remember, I still remember my emotion for this. Like I went, no fucking way, because <laughs> we had no hint of it at this point. So who knew? All of a sudden, you see blue, and then you see Godzilla's spines, and fucking Godzilla does his atomic breath for the first time, and it's so good. Nah, he, he did. He did it right once before. Into- no, 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 not, not when he decapitates the head, like, right before, like, when the first time you see it. Um, when you kind of, like, like I think you can see it from, like, an office building perspective, and, like, he's blasting, like, like that, like, like you can see it, cold, you can see his tail light up, and you can see his spines light up. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. It was so, that first time. Um, but let's talk, uh, okay, I think, but I think the fight is not the best fight ever, but I think from a narrative perspective, it works. And I think, from a spectacle standpoint, it damn delivers. Yay. So let's talk about the ultimate KO finisher. Because <laughs> um, he basically... How does Kirkman from... How does he beat down the, the flying Mudo? Uh, he just, he, just, he whacks him uh, with his tail into a building. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, because it's smaller, so it's not going to take that much impact. Take that much force. So um, Brody is trying to escape in, in the... In the um, in the ship, and he's pretty much going to seem as he self-sacrificed himself. And uh, uh, Godzilla, meanwhile, cat and, and the Mudo is like right there, ready to eat the bomb. Then Godzilla pretty much catches him, grabs him by the fucking head, and basically says, "Fuck you! That's not your food!" And atomic breath down its throat. Just a fucking Mortal Kombat fatality at this point. Yeah. Literally, it's fatality because then you see the the Mudo's head decapitate from its body, and then Godzilla just tosses it in the bay. Spoiler: you see that same head in King of the Monsters, um, so they they recover it somehow. Um, but just God, I remember the audience just bursting out cheering at that point. That was the hypest shit ever. Yeah, that was so cool. Because even in the other movies, we never saw anything like that. He would just Godzilla usually just bre- uh, uses atomic breath. Either hit, hits them or it doesn't, right? Here, it's like, nah, down your throat, bitch. You're going out. Like, the closest I think we've seen was in uh, Versus Mechagodzilla, uh, when uh, the fake Godzilla ripped in gears his jaw open. Yeah, exactly. That level of brutality? Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> okay, I think I think this is officially our longest episode ever. I'm sorry, Tyler. Um, yeah, just the batch. You know, we've done about longer, so. Okay. Um, any Any notes that we missed, buddy? Um, I don't know why I wrote this, but it says, to quote Action League now, science shouldn't be meddling with nature. Yeah, um, that's another thing I kind of forget to talk about. This movie does kind of, it, while it doesn't really do like a Gojira where like, God, like I said, Godzilla's on a symbol of destruction, but the, they, they pretty much say that the reason Godzilla woke the fuck up the first place was because of the Hiroshima bombing in 1945. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, so pretty much, once again, <laughs> nature is telling science, fuck around and find out. And they found out. <laughs> Luckily, Godzilla's on their side now, and it just and the Mudos were the fuck around and find out part. Um, so there's, it's there, but this isn't going to be, go, this is not Gojira, but this is a definitely a American version of an iconic Japanese monster that pays its respects. And I think that's... That's really what all we could have hoped for, in all honesty. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot better than the alternative. Yes, which the alternative is 98. 
Okay, uh, last thing I want to talk about is the music. I love the music in this movie, Tyler. I want to know what you think. Oh, yeah, this is a great score for sure. Yeah, just the, the use of taiko drums and basically Japanese foods. I, um, how did you feel about, like, obviously we don't get Godzilla's iconic theme in this one, but how did you feel about sort of like that, that kind of weird chanting that we got? Um, I'm, I'm going to go play the deity card again and say that, uh, okay. it, it's, uh, it definitely adds to his, uh, divinity, I guess. His mystique. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, yeah, we're dealing with a higher form. Oh man, this this like I understand why people don't like this movie because of the you know, the characters, not enough Godzilla. I love it. So because I love it, let's go to the ratings board and let's put a cap on this episode. Tyler, what do you give Godzilla 2014? I'm going to give this a 4 out of 5. As an American take on Godzilla, it's a much faithful attempt than the Roland Emmerich uh, film. Uh and is an overall good film in general. It's also the solid foundation for the MonsterVerse, setting up for bigger things to come. The only real gripe I have with this film is that most of the scenes are way too dark to see, but unless you have the 4K version, it's just a little minor nitpick I have. So yeah, I think this is a solid movie overall. I'm, give it a f- I'm also going to give it a 4. Uh, I think some of the other main characters are a little weak. Aaron Taylor Johnson, Mary, uh, Elizabeth Olsen doesn't get much to do with, but Ken Watanabe holds an, uh, just chews the scenery so much, especially with that iconic line, let them fight. Um, everything, everybody else is kind of just like middling. They, they may, but, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a Godzilla movie, so most of these movies do not have amazing cast or amazing stories. Some do, but for the most part, I think it's bar. I think it's, I think it's standard by this point, for, at least especially for this movie. God damn it, they delivered on making Godzilla feel epic again. I, I like I truly believe this movie is the reason why we're sort of in a Godzilla golden age right now where we're getting so much Godzilla stuff uh, that we've ever gotten. Maybe not necessarily from Toho directly, but shit. You know, I think I think we're we're, we're like we're gonna get because of this movie how successful it was, we're gonna get Godzilla versus King Kong. Like they they started they made Skull Island because of how successful this movie was. So uh, speaking of that, guess what we're going to talk about next week, Tyler? Are we talking about Gamera? We're finally doing the Gamera no, movies? Yet. No, no. <laughs> if they make them easily accessible, maybe. Um, uh, maybe we'll do those at some point. I wouldn't be against that. I think we should talk about the other titular Japanese monster that everybody reveres and loves. Um, no, next week, we we because it's part of the MonsterVerse, we're going to do it next week. We're gonna take a train off the Godzilla off the Godzilla plane, train plane whatever. Um, we're gonna Trains, we're gonna detour. Yes, we're gonna detour off Godzilla Avenue, and we're gonna turn onto Kong Lane next week because it's the second chapter of the MonsterVerse, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week for Kong Skull Island as we meet this version of Kong as he prepares for his battle with Gojira. I'm your host, Ben. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, go, go, Godzilla. Rangers, come and pick my nose. I have no hands. <laughs>